the Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bob. Ah, you're awful. <laughs> and A.J. Applegar. Sin Shu Chu. It's a mouthful. All right, all right. Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me as usual, my co-host AJ Abergarth. What is up, so, man? Uh, not much. It's uh, it's been a day. Been a whirlwind <laughs> day. I mean, it's it's Sunday. Shockingly, for for me, it's been fairly productive. <laughs> so impossible. I know. I know. Make it's that uh, happen on Friday. Very. No, I I burned it all out today. So <laughs> yeah, we're screwed. <laughs> totally screwed. Two o'clock leave time. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Yeah, I mean that might be better than last year. Yeah, yeah, probably Pretty bad last year. Anyway, enough of that noise. All right, so tonight we're going to be covering the NFC West, our final division preview. Looking forward to getting these over with and uh, moving on to some other fantasy football talk to get you all ready for the season. Uh, with, that, that, with that said, though, I uh, just want to remind everybody, hit that subscribe button, that like button, um, give us those ratings, leave those comments. We appreciate it. And uh, also cannot go without mentioning, guys, join our fantasy six-pack memberships. Uh, get Sign up for one of our plans. We've got two of them. Uh, we've got the draft only plan, which which gets you access to our draft cheat sheet, and that's it pretty much. Um, then our, there's our all access plan, and that one gets you access to the cheat sheet, the projections, the rankings, uh, articles that are going to be behind the you know accessible to members only as well. Our Discord channel which will be phenomenal. Um, you guys get on there. You can ask us anything. Um, we've got redraft specialists. We've got dynasty specialists. We've got best ball. We've got, you name it. We, we've got things going on there. We're going to be doing AMAs periodically throughout the off season and the season as well. Um, so definitely get us hit up, hit us up there. It's fantasy six pack.net slash plans. And you can use promo code F the number six, P and then early for 25% off. Uh, we're limiting, limiting that to the first 100 customers. So uh, it will be a limited time thing only, but go ahead and hit that up. The link will be in the description wherever you're listening or watching. So uh, if you don't catch the URLs and stuff, it will be there for you. All right, AJ, uh, let's do our beer of the week. Mm, beer. All right, what you got, AJ? All right, I am uh, drinking yet another one of the lovely northeastern beers that uh, my buddy Jeff Sanders, shout out, Scott Fish uh, division mate, lives about 15, 20 minutes from me. So he went up to to Boston area and got a bunch of beers. This one is the American Imperial IPA from Hill farmstead brewery uh they're actually in vermont uh american imperial ipa it's called double citra so 
full of mosaic and uh, no citra hops. Not just <laughs> we are on very good. Similar beers. We did not plan this at all. Um, another northeastern beer. <clears throat> so I was on vacation, and the beer store in Rehoboth, Delaware, uh, can get some stuff from up there. So I've got one from Portland, Maine. It's Lone Pine Brewery, OJ, and it's they've got a couple of these, but the one I got was the Citra Double Dry Hopped IPA. So um, I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, it just says oh, yeah. O-J. Um, so yeah. I don't think I've seen Northeastern that. Northeastern beer, Citra, Double. I mean, we didn't play this, folks, I swear. Um, but this is a very good one. I gave it a four and a half, I believe. This one's a very solid beer. I like this one. Nice. And shout out to um, our editor and other, also fantasy football writer for uh, and baseball writer um, Dan Johnson, who uh, lives up in that area and has promised me he's um, going to figure out a way to get me some uh, treehouse. So, nice. <laughs> I still have a couple of those left. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to it. But I'm saving. All right, so let's jump into things here. And uh, first and <laughs> foremost, we got to bring on our guest of honor, friend of the show, Mister Bob Harris. What is going on, man? Football diehard, Sirius XM, you are everywhere, and one of the nicest guys in the industry. Appreciate you coming on again, man. How's it going tonight? It's going fantastic. I was a little confused there for a minute. I heard you say something about honor and me in the same sentence. That's odd. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, don't don't short don't short yourself, man. You're 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 a phenomenal guy. Um, so we appreciate you coming on again. Uh, I have no beer. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. That doesn't, yeah. It doesn't change the fact that you're a phenomenal guy. (laughs) Yeah. We uh, appreciate you for sure. So uh, you ready to talk some NFC West? Oh, there's like nothing going on in that division right now. So sure. Absolutely. (laughs) There will be no shortage of topics. Yes. All right. So how we like to do things here is we're going to run through positions, go through some ADP, and then – you know, bring up kind of team by team specific questions. But first, we just like to start off here with a non fantasy specific question. And that is for this division is, um, you know, leaving out like any injuries that are going to go down. You know, like, look, if Stafford's elbow really is about to fall off, we don't really know at this point. But, you know, like if something drastic were to happen to the Rams, right? Uh, then obviously they're out. But, Without that, without predicting that kind of thing, um, is this their division to lose, or do you potentially see somebody else actually re- giving them a run for their money? I think you know two teams, San Francisco and Arizona, could both give anyone a run for their money, and Seattle probably less so. Uh, so you know, <clears throat> I know they don't want to call it a rebuild, but I'm not sure. It's you know, it's not going well in Seattle. I I, I don't think so. So, yeah, I think, you know, Arizona could certainly push them. I mean, if they didn't have a late season collapse each of the last few years, who knows what would have gone yeah. on. That's something that will certainly be a focal point this year uh, after some of the uh, uh, some of the reporting as the season wound down. Michael Bidwell, not happy with the collapses. Cliff Kingsbury, the seat is hot, sir. Kyler Murray is not so hot, apparently. But, uh, but you know, they need to be a little more creative offensively, and I think that would be helpful. Maybe their hands are tied a little bit earlier in the season, but I think as the season goes on, if they can – you know, they, they have the pieces to do it. And, of course, San Francisco has the pieces to do it, assuming Trey Lance is, you know, not a huge hindrance. And, and we'll we'll get more into him. But, you know, this this is a roster that's built to win. That's why Jimmy Garoppolo started last year, right? Because, you know, if they 
didn't think they yeah. had a winning roster. They would they would have just thrown Lance in there and let him have at it, but they did not, and it was for a reason. And I think this year they really needed to get to the playoffs last year. I thought, you know, and not that anyone was on the hot seat, but it had been a while. Uh, they really had to show something. They both uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, and I think they did. Mm -hmm. So they'll be a little more comfortable. But that's not to say. I mean, you know, you look at that defense. You look at the assortment of skilled players available to them. The scheme, all those things uh, can be. You know, it wouldn't take much for them to move ahead. But you know, all that said, the Rams are clearly my favorite. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I would agree so. with that. It's Got uh, a little shout out here. Uh, <laughs> Scampers, my man. <laughs> my cat. Is is Cliff Kingsbury doofus? <laughs> well, uh, according to his girlfriend's Instagram, apparently not. Um, <laughs> apparently he's got something going on. So, uh, no, I don't, you know, like there's just been such a lack of creativity at times. You know, everyone lining up in the same spot and just some things that seem odd. And and I think it's all on him and he's got he's to correct that. But he certainly has personnel to make things happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the offense can be just lights out at times, man. Like they're just unstoppable. But man, they have those 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 late season collapses where it just seems like, like you said, they get too predictable, and it's kind of like now what? Okay, um, but yeah. All right, uh, so let's jump into our quarterbacks here, and all right, the uh, yeah. So so how we do this is basically just go by their ADPs. Um, from fantasy pros and it's sorted by the the sleeper rankings so first off we have kyler murray at qb6 we've got stafford at qb11 we've got mr lance at qb13 uh then it drops all the way down to jimmy g at 33 and then drew lock at 37 and gino at 55 locksmith combo <laughs> yeah it's i i mean that's a that's a hell of an, uh, a name, actually, now that I think about it. Never really put those two together. Thankfully, because I don't think I've ever needed a locksmith, but either way. All right, so, Seattle. Yeah, exactly. So starting off with uh, with San Fran here then, um, basically it's it's officially the Trey Lance uh, CZN, S-Z-N, because I, I had to put that in there. I hate that phrase, I feel like, but... Um, are you actually targeting him as you know a, a QB one in, in your redraft leagues at all? I'm getting talked into a little more. I've I've been you know I haven't been I hadn't been pushing it. Started you know obviously been in the best ball lobbies for quite some time. So you know you get to a point where you're thinking, wow, I just don't have enough shares of that guy, and so I started collecting shares of that guy. I you know as, you, as we sit around and talk about it on the shows and listen to some of the beat writers that we're talking to there and. Some of the reporters, I mean, there seems to be a pretty wide range of possible outcomes, and including that, you know, he looks like a guy who's making his starting his first year in the NFL, coming from a, you know, a not really a great bunch of experience in college at a high level. So, you know, I mean, a lot of what we're expecting from him, we trust, we have some faith in Kyle Shanahan's scheme. And, uh, and the fact that Kyle Shanahan put so much faith in, and invested so much capital to acquire Trey Lance. This was not an accident, right? This was something that they put a lot of effort into doing. So he's got that mobility. He's got a bigger arm, I think, than Garoppolo. Maybe that works in his favor. He's got some big playmaking threats there. Brandon Ayuk maybe is a little better fit, you know, or or can gain a little ground. If you saw the games he played, you know, that Lance started last year were really good games for Ayuk, and I know Shanahan has been talking up a little bit. But it just seems like he does some things 
that are maybe more beneficial. And also Devo Samuel is more than capable of making those big plays down the field as well. So uh, maybe a little less run after catch for those guys and a little more for George Kittle back into his wheelhouse. But but I do think that, you know, what are we looking for from from a fantasy perspective is we're looking for that mobility. And and he does have that. So, you yeah. know, I don't know that he's a run first guy, but they'll, it'll open some things up for that offense for sure. Some RPOs and some some looks that'll, that'll be beneficial for all involved. And so I am investing some now. And I'm not afraid to take him as my first quarterback. There are guys, you know, if I want to jump ADP, there are guys available later that I feel really comfortable with. You know, Kirk Cousins is always a, a super high-end fallback, maybe to Derek Carr if I jump a little ahead. And so, you know, there's things you can do to, to get, you know, to, to kind of mitigate what the possible risk is. But I think maybe less so than last year, because I think people were jumping on Lance and Justin Fields last year in early drafts, you know, before we kind of had things sorted out and people were willing to take a chance. If you were willing to take a chance on them last year, uh, be more willing this year. Yeah, hundred percent agree. I mean, you know, the, the one thing that, and look, I had a chance to take him as my second quarterback in Scott fish, but that was still when, you know, we didn't quite know if Jimmy J was going to be like still hanging around. I mean, he's still there, but they've all, they've already come out and said like, no, we are officially moving on. So I'm kind of regretting not pulling the trigger on that. But that said, I mean, like in that league, you know, you've got the, the incompletion and the completion, you know, not right. You know? And so yeah. for him, like, that's going to be, that's going to be huge in a normal league, right? You know, your normal home leagues, you know, your normal kind of standard scoring leagues, he's going to be great. Right. Um, you know, look, he, he's probably going to be, I would guess, at the best low 60s percentage-wise for, for passing completion. Uh, the passing touchdowns won't be phenomenal. But, you know, he'll he'll score his fair number on the ground. He's going to get plenty of rushing yards. You know, we're not talking like Lamar Jackson range right. or anything like that. But it's just going to help his scoring. And, I mean, we saw it last year already. Like, in the three games where he really shined as a starter, 2014 and 19 points. And he wasn't really supposed to be in there at those points yet. Like, it was just kind of like, oh, Jimmy G got hurt. Yeah, you're going to have to go figure this out. <laughs> he did okay. Yeah. Um, and, yes, they've already talked a bunch in camp about the, the gigantic arm he's got. And everybody knew that coming in already. So he can push it downfield to where that was a knock on Jimmy G. Like, he couldn't do that. So it was dink and dunk. And, you know, Debo had to make plays down the – you know, weave in and out of guys. And he could do it. And, you know, it worked. But um, – <clears throat> They won't have to rely on that as much with him as long as he's accurate. And that's going to be – you're going to see games where it's just like, oh, my God, what's going on? <laughs> so, uh, but, yeah, I, I, I sort of regret not taking him. But at the same time, like, I don't know, with the incompletion, you know, point – or, you know, the completion percentage points, I guess, or whatever they want to call it, it's it's not such a bad pass in, in, a, in a league like that. But uh, – I do think he's going to be very, very good uh, and somebody that I will probably have a, a, a couple of shares of. But let's move over here to the Rams. And obviously we know about the Stafford, you know, elbow issues right now, the tendonitis or whatever it is, right? You know, nobody – I don't think anybody truly knows. There's some fantasy doctors on Twitter coming out and saying things. Who knows, right? Um, but let's just stay in what we know and – Look, you know, Stafford was phenomenal last year. You know, coming over from Detroit, everybody was like, well, I mean, is it really going to work? But, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely did. They won the Super Bowl, right? That's that's all you can ask for. There's more. Can't ask for much more. So, finished QB5, though, in fantasy, uh, about 40, 
uh, touchdowns. I mean, do we see that? Like his his ADP is pretty low at eleven. Uh, I've seen him drafted much lower than that, even around like twelve, thirteen, fourteen, even. Um, what do you what do you expect from him this year? Like, what's his floor? What's his ceiling? And and kind of where do you expect him to kind of fit in? In in and, or where are you drafting him? Would I guess is the, probably the better question. Uh, taking the elbow out of the equation, I'm drafting him well ahead of ADP. Um, just you know, I mean, like I, I, there's going to be regression, right? Cooper Cup's going to have some regression. Right. Allen Robinson is going to be some additional production though as well. So, um, you know, I'm not expecting that 41 touchdowns or whatever that ridiculous number. But but this offense is designed, you know, to. For him to excel, right? He just this is what this offense isn't built for, and I think they have the pieces around him to continue rolling. We'll see who that third receiver ends up being at some point. You know, Van Jefferson should be back week one. It sounds like, but but either way, they'll figure something out there. Mm-hmm. Maybe Tutu Atwell. I secure your truth. Oh, no. they're, they're, at some point, they're they're talking about bringing back Odell. Yeah, and they may well do that, but he's not going to be ready right. halfway It'll be through the season, season, right? So, yeah, so we'll you know we'll see. And we'll, like that would be great for him as well. I mean, whenever he shows up, that's good news for Matthew Stafford. So I do think that you know he's being. I was shocked earlier in you know the off season looking at some of the quarterbacks that were going ahead of him, and I was reaping that value. I have a little less now because the price has risen a little bit, but yeah. it's still it's still not you know not prohibitive, right? And you know you guys know I'm a cheap state. I'm looking for the value, <laughs> the cheap price, and some of the yeah you know, there are players all. there are players out there. I mentioned Kirk Cousins and you know Derek Carr. I think guys that are well capable yes. about performing where their draft position is right now that you can just sit back and wait on and feel really good about. And Stafford is probably one of them. Again, the elbow is a sudden concern. I feel like I have a huge, you know, I don't want to leave people straight because I say, you know, I'm drafting the hell out of this guy. I'm drafting the hell out of this guy because I'm drafting like crazy, right? So if you're in one league and you want to, you know, don't want to be associated with that risk, that's totally understandable. Yeah. And, and there's enough fish in that quarterback seat for you to, you know, to veer away and, and take other paths and, and still have some high in production. But also if you're one of those people who is not afraid to, you know, leverage the fears of others, you can mitigate his risk as well. There plenty of quarterbacks I'd be happy taking way late in this draft, Matt Ryan or any draft, you know, that I, I feel like could carry me if I, if, if they needed to. Right. So if I want to take that swing on Matt Stafford and I think he's going to have numbers similar or somewhere up in that range, that top 10 range, I'll go ahead and take that chance. And I'm pretty confident I can find a quarterback who can, who can at least help carry me along uh, down the stretch. So let me ask you this. So I think one of the reasons why he's falling, right. Is, Look, he peaked at 41 touchdowns. He sure. did have 17 interceptions as well, sure. which does scare people off. I mean, he had some weeks kind of in that middle of the season, kind of middle of the late season where it was kind of like, uh-oh, what's, like, what's going on? Like, he just it seemed like something just wasn't right. He was forcing the ball in. And he has no rushing upside. So no. I think people are sure. putting all the – I mean, I've seen Trey Lance go ahead of him. You know, sure. Um, it's understandable, so that, right? That's not, I'm not, you know, I wouldn't argue against that. I think that's perfectly understandable. I just also think, you know, expecting something similar, some percentage, relatively high percentage of last year's numbers isn't unreasonable either. I mean, we're yeah. drafting Tom Brady. He can't run very far either. All right. So, <laughs> sure. uh, you know, so in, in Joe, you know, Joe Burrow's like the fourth quarterback off the board in NFC right. right now. And he's not adding a lot with his mobility, although I guess he'll run a little more, but that, you know, I think people are ready to look past that for someone with a with a in a good offense with good receiving assets and and uh, there's no doubt that Matthew Stafford has that. We'll see how much they run. I mean, you yeah, Cam Akers is going to be a factor, and there's some issues on the offensive line 
that'll be a concern, uh, but not not anything that'll keep me from drafting him. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of think, you know, mid-30 touchdowns, but then also I think his interceptions are going to come down. Like, you know, I, I don't see 17 again. I, I, I see maybe somewhere in like the 13 range at, at the highest. Um, so, you know, you drop the interceptions along with dropping the touchdowns, it kind of balances out <laughs> to some degree. But um, anyway, AJ, I don't know, you got anything to add and move it on? No, yeah. I mean, I, I like Stafford, and he is my, my QB2 in Scott Fish. But, I mean, even for a redraft, <laughs> um, I, I do like him this year. I agree that there, there's going to be some of that positive regression. The, the interception should come down. Uh, I'm not overly worried about this injury right now um if it lingers through this month then maybe i'll start to worry about it um and that would probably be part of the course for scott fish for me so hopefully that's not the case <laughs> uh, but yeah i i think that there's there's kind of a middle ground in there i i think that some of it is ceiling and some of it's floor so i already had somebody in my warrior bowl the guy who drafted Stafford pick up uh, what Wofford or whatever his name is. <laughs> I did that just to, to yesterday, I think, in the league. Yeah. So. I mean, I get it. But it was just sort of like I went through it. It was like waiver process. And I'm like, Wofford. Oh, yeah, all right. That makes sense. I didn't even think about it. Like, I don't know. I'm, yeah, I, I'm it, not in, like, waiver mode yet. Cause it, 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 this one of this, it's, it's what I want league is that. I want to say something stupid here because I tend to say stupid things. It's the uh, it's like a two quarterback league. It's kind of it's uh, what is it FFCE? I want to say. Uh, anyhow, a bunch of people over in London and in England and Europe and uh, everyone's nice. playing. And it's two quarterback league, uh, FFCC twenty two. Uh, so oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so uh, and so it's a two quarterback league. And I went early on my quarterbacks. I got uh, Tua and uh, and Stafford. Seth, not in that order. Uh, but like really late in the draft, it's like a twenty-five round or twenty-six round draft. I went ahead and got Walford and, and Bridgewater. Nice. Leaving with Stafford as my QB one would be fine by me. Exactly, Scampers. I like it. Yeah. I mean, you just gotta have it. You just gotta be quick to pull the trigger. On it. You might want a backup plan right now because apparently he's yeah. back in in doing right. seven on sevens. But it's like he's he's been throwing in seven sevens, seven and sevens all along. They're just keeping him out of team drills. And I, you know, like I mean, I don't want to you know understate the case. And like it's certainly something worth watching. But who doesn't remember last year when Jamar Chase couldn't catch? Who, I mean, there's so many. And there was the so, Dak oh, issue of almost the exact right, same, same thing, right? So, so and we get caught up in so, these yeah. things because we're in that moment, right? So that's where, you know, you can see ADP at literally moving with the with Evan Silva's Twitter, right? So there's, <laughs> you know, so you got to, you, you know, and, I, and what I'm trying to do when I see those things happen, I'm trying to leverage that to my advantage. I'm trying to run into that uh, into that situation and, and, and take advantage of people being scared off it and, and so that's kind of what I've been doing. Uh, you know, up to this point, you know, it hasn't dropped enough for me to, to like make a big move. And I'm already previously invested. But if it keeps dropping, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have even more. Yeah. All right. Let's move. So on here, let's uh, let's jump into Arizona here. Going back to Mr. QB six, Kyler Murray. Um, he's got his contract extension. Um, you know, he's got the weird clause that was in, and now it's out, and all that. But is this the, the year that he finally provides fantasy managers with more consistent production. And by that, I mean, throughout the entire year, um, basically, yeah, I just, he's, he's been a guy that's kind of fallen flat at the end. So. Yeah. That, that's a question. And, you know, some of the comments after the season that Chris Mortensen reported, 
you know they're coming from Michael Bidwell. I mean, that's they're coming oh, yeah. directly from the top. And the the complaints were about his leadership and and you know, and then you see that clause go in. You know, just sounds like they're just like trying to stick it to him a little bit. Uh, and look, it's a big big investment. I don't want to sit here and you know say they're crazy for doing any of these things. They were crazy for letting it get out. But um, <clears throat> but whatever the case, I think he's improved every year. And so you know, sitting here pretending he doesn't study or put any work in, I think is a little ridiculous. Maybe it's not enough. Maybe they want more, and that's fine. I would want more of, you know, you know, I don't think Peyton Manning was kicking back very much. And, you know, there's, you know, over the course of time, you know, the high end quarterbacks are always these super driven guys. So hopefully yeah. Kyler Murray gets there. But, you know, some of the body language on the bench at the end of the season, some of the body language when, you know, the big plays don't connect, et cetera. I think those were a little minor concerns to the team, but making a quarter billion dollar investment. So uh, I guess that's understandable for for anybody. Um, but I, but, but look, he gets better every year, and he gets better as a passer. And if you watch last year, some of the, uh, you know, if you say DeAndre Hopkins, the, the targets had diminished a little bit. Is that on Hopkins? Maybe that's on Kyler Murray actually making his progressions. Maybe he's actually looking yeah, for yeah. other players and doing the things that a that a quarterback should do. And I think that's probably more the case. I would like to see him run more, but I don't think he's going to do me any favors in that regard. But he's capable of it, and he can extend. Yeah. You know, if nothing else. Uh, the uh, that mobility allows him to extend plays and make more big plays. It kind of turns into more big plays, and maybe at some point he'll take off and start running more. Uh, either way, I you know I'm I'm fine with where he's going in ADP. I don't have a lot of shares because I'm generally not drafting quarterbacks that early. Um, but if I did, I would not be afraid of drafting. All right, Joe. Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, the the one thing to really look at here with him, right, is you know you mentioned the running, but he runs a lot in the red zone. You know, he does those little, like, play-action sweeps where he runs around everybody and just kind of, like, jogs into the end zone. So, I mean, he scored five touchdowns last year doing that inside the red zone. He scored um, – oh, of course, my stupid filter messed up. He actually scored nine doing that the year before. So, um, you know, you'll take five, five, six rushing touchdowns from your quarterback any any day, and, and you know, any year. So, um but I'm with you. Like I'm, I'm not really targeting him just because I'm with. I'm not taking quarterbacks early. There's just too many going late, as we mentioned. Stafford, you know, going much, much later, and there's a lot more than that too. So, uh, moving over here to Seattle, and uh, not a lot to say here with this team. I feel like this will be a pretty quick discussion. But like Drew last got the higher ADP. Geno Smith was with the team last year. I mean, just for sake of figuring out, like, in Q, two QP leagues, you know, super flex leagues, um, who's winning this position and, and who, if you had to draft one, would be the one that you actually want to take? Joe Bond would be the one I actually <laughs> um, I mean, I used to be a pretty damn good quarterback. I would uh, get murdered on the football field from real, but uh, no. I think you're taking your chances with either of them. It's about 50-50. They know what they have in Geno Smith. That's why he's leading the competition right now. Uh, He knows the offense, and they've seen what he can do. And, again, Pete Carroll insists this is not a rebuild. Well, maybe he gives them the best chance at not being in a total rebuild. I don't think uh, you're in a little bit of denial. Drew Locke, we've all seen, I think, probably enough of. um, But sometimes a fresh start works. That's Josh Rosen. Oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, so, so, uh, so this is the time. Tired. This time it will work. Right. Maybe the, maybe Rosen in Cleveland too, right? Uh, so, oh, uh, so, so I'm just not enthusiastic. I mean, I don't think it precludes the Seahawks from, you know, being competitive or 
some of the wide receivers I see going ridiculously low. I think we'll talk about that at some point and maybe lower than they should because, I mean, we get this thing in our head. This is like they, they don't even have a quarterback. No, they're quarterbacks. They're, they're just not very good. Yeah. We've seen in the past that not very good quarterbacks have driven some pretty reasonable fantasy numbers. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I, if you made me pick one, I mean, I would go with what I know today and say Geno Smith. I, but And I would do it with zero confidence. I, honestly, I, I have no idea how it's going to play. I'll probably see both of them at some point. Uh, and they're going to be a very run-heavy team. And maybe that helps out a little bit. But I don't, you know, I mean, Geno Smith, to me, looks like the guy who we saw, you know, we saw enough of him last year to know that he's not super high-end, but he's, you know, he won't, like, totally drive the, the car off the cliff uh, completely. And maybe Drew Locke will. I don't know. Yeah, I think... I agree. If I had to take one of them, it, it would be Gino, um, just because of his his experience with the team. But to me, this whole scenario is basically like a blowout baseball game where they just pull a random bench player in and put him on the mound to pitch because they don't know what else they have and uh, they don't have anything. So, yeah, this one's uh, this one's ugly. Yeah, yeah, let's really move it into talking about this team anymore. So it's like it's, yeah. it's on. It's a dark talk. I mean, I'm sitting there and I'm in two quarterback leagues right now, watching drafts, and those guys are still sitting there on that draft I mentioned. I think they're both probably still there as we head into the final round. Nobody wants to. I'm taking Wolford ahead of them. So. Yeah, it's it's pretty brutal. Uh, not not a good situation. But let's move over to our running back position. And the ADP is as follows. Uh, James Conner at 16, Cam Akers at 17. These are half PPR ADPs, by the way. Elijah Mitchell at 24, Ken Walker the third at 29, Rashad Penny at 35, Daryl Henderson Jr. at 48, Tyrion Davis-Price at 56, Daryl Williams at 60, Keontae Ingram at 64, Trey Sermon at 71, Jeff Wilson at 76, Eno Benjamin at 77, and the Pupped. Kyron Williams at 86. So starting back at Seattle, look, Chris Carson's retirement has officially opened the door for Rashad Penny to take the reins, right? Yet they drafted Kenneth Walker. It's like kind of like they knew Chris Carson had a problem. Um, so, you know, with, with Penny's also, you know, checkered injured past, you know, his injury history, um, who are you targeting out of this backfield? I mean, Penny's been productive when on the field, but that's been it, it on the field. Walker's was great in college, but he didn't have, you know, I've heard ups and downs with him is from many, many people. So who do you like and why? Oh, he, if Penny's going cheaper, I'll take him all day. I'll take him all day ahead of Walker as well. I mean, he wasn't just okay last year. He was phenomenal. He was the league winner. He ran for more than 200 yards. Mm-hmm over any other running back in the NFL over the final, what, five, six games. That plenty of touchdowns. Uh, so the arrival of Kenneth Walker is obviously a concern, uh, just like the arrival of Rashad Petty was a concern for Chris Carson, but it just never worked out that way. Pete Carroll has a habit of sticking with guys. And uh, I'll just state it here right now. I'm injury agnostic. I don't care how many times you've been hurt, uh, what it is. I mean, look, I'll avoid, chronic, I'll avoid players with chronic injuries, but not players who are chronically injured. I mean, the NFL, it's a, you know, I talked about this a lot. It, it's a two-edged sword. I mean, we need both from the NFL and fantasy perspective, we need volume to create production. Yep. Volume also is what opens the door to opportunities for injuries. It just happens. It's a tough sport. It's a collision sport, especially at the running back position. So 
you can mitigate you could easily get both of them i think that's something i would advocate in best ball i wouldn't have a problem with it it could happen kind of organically given their pricing um and so i'm not against it and in redraft i'm not for it because i don't want to have to make that weekly decision and when it comes when you get to that point where you're not sure who it's going to be any given week um but but every beat writer i've talked to there and i've talked to a number who cover this team on a daily basis all of them think we're crazy to ask why uh if kenneth walker is going to be starting at some point i mean as long as rashad penny is healthy and doing the things he did last year they all fully expect it to be rashad penny I do too. And so hopefully he holds up well. Uh, the fact that he's the cheaper piece right now just makes me overjoyed. Love taking the cheaper piece of any backfield. I think a lot of these backfields where it looks like a committee coming, <clears throat> I'm not averse to taking the cheaper piece. If it was Walker, I wouldn't be averse to that either. Um, but in this case, uh, Penny to me looks like the league guy un until he's not. And like he may well get hurt. And hopefully I've done a good job of drafting for depth and hopefully I'm doing a great job of working the waiver wire. And taking care of that because that's how it works in fantasy football people get hurt every damn game somehow yep. right so if you sit there and you run away from potential upside because you're afraid somebody's going to get hurt you can't draft anybody yeah i, I think it's you know i agree people get hurt every game i'm just praying that they're not on my fantasy teams that's <laughs> true right. it's horrible. no no not again uh yeah, I, I think if uh, if I'm looking into this backfield, I do like Penny's upside a lot. And I, I, I'm a little more, you know, averse to taking him because of his injuries and he just hasn't been able to, to stay on the field. But, I mean, when he's been there, he's put up numbers and they've been damn good. So Yeah, I just want to stipulate, well, I'm injury agnostic. I understand not everyone is and not everyone has to be, right? You can, you know, I... I get it when you're sitting there and Christian McCaffrey is, you know, the last two years disappeared with that investment. But, you know, so I, I understand. But every time I hear somebody say, I'm not drafting so-and-so ever again, I say, thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. It's very helpful to me. Yeah. So uh, let's move it on to San Fran here and Mr. Elijah Mitchell. I mean, he was basically the 2021 version of, quote unquote, the undrafted running back who became San Fran's starter. Um, and he projects to be the, the starter this year. year. Row, it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's always somebody different. Um, <clears throat> I mean, he's projecting to be the starter this year. And I mean, he notched 1,100 total yards uh, in 11 games. I mean, do you think Mitchell will be able to maintain his role as the starter or is Shanahan's penchant for pulling a running back out? Uh, of his hat striking again some point this year. Yeah, Shanahan against Will and Sue at some point. But, I mean, you know, and all these guys like Jeff Wilson Jr. looks remarkably like uh, Raheem Mostert when you just plug him into that offense. They seem to do things well. But that was the thing about Mitchell. He seemed to be like an ideal fit for this offense. So, you know, averaged, I think, what was it? I want to say 14th in points per game among running backs. You know, average scoring. I mean, you know, I think we're getting a, a bargain on him. There are concerns. One of the concerns is no – I think the last time a running back has repeated as the rushing leader for a Shanahan team was the 2015-2016 Devonta Freeman. So he does, you know, there has been a history. You know, and Mitchell's had a procedure done on his knee, clearly got beat up last year. I don't think Trey Sermon is going to be a threat to him. Uh, you know, 
maybe Davis Price will be. Jeff Wilson almost certainly is if if something comes up. But mm. but uh, for me, uh, you know, and I know all the local the local observers are really saying that they're willing to go with the committee. And this is not really news. They've always been willing to go with the committee. But as long as somebody's getting the job done, they tend to stick with the guy who's getting the job done. So I'm going with first man up. Uh, and uh, and work in that direction. I think he's a great value. Uh, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that all day. I think people are dialed back. And and again, maybe I regret it. Maybe I want to you know back him up. Maybe I want to make sure I draft Jeff Wilson or even later uh, Davis Price. Whatever whatever it takes you know to to get it done. But but I do think that there's that there's some value to be had here. And one of the things that I think you know that I did get I I have been told by more than one person is that. Trey Sermon was a, a guy the scouts liked. Uh, Mitchell was a guy the coaches liked. Mm. And that's kind of, you know, we saw how that played I out. That actually. You know, so so that's, you know, the coach has the final say here, right? And especially in San Francisco yeah. Uh, yeah. when he's calling the play. So, uh, so I have some confidence in him. And again, you know, knowing what this backfield is and seeing it in the past, seeing guys just get plugged in and play like Elijah Mitchell like Jeff Wilson Jr., like Raheem Mostert before him. I mean, someone can just step in and, and do a fantastic job because this, uh, this offense is designed for running backs to do a fantastic job, especially guys who fit, get out wide, make the one cut and go, uh, and these guys can all do that, except Trey Sermon. He cannot, apparently. Yeah, Sermon is Sermon is somebody who I will never draft again, and not because of injury. Oh, I'm taking him that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Because I mean, you must want to. Sheer he disappointment. does put the reverse drinks on people sometimes. It's, I, it's, it's I do, I do. So, um, yeah, I mean, maybe he is the guy this year now. I don't know. But <laughs> no. now that I said that, no. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I've said my piece on it. I, I think I, this this offense is, is uh, frustrating um, like many others, but you just got to get that guy, that hot hand guy, and, and I don't have a problem with them doing that, so. Yeah, I, I personally like Wilson. Uh, as you said, Bob, I, I do like his, his draft value. Um, at, you know, the very back end of the RB2 feels pretty cheap for a guy who, I mean, could legit finish as an RB1 if he does stay healthy and is really the guy in this offense. Um, you know, he was pretty much an RB1 when <clears> he was healthy. You're, I mean, you're spot on, 14.1 half PPR right. points uh, per game last season. He was amazing. I, you know, thanks to our good friend Jeff Lambert over at uh, Going for Two, I drafted him with like the next to last pick in Scott Fish. And when everybody else spent a hundred fab dollars on him after week one, I was going, <laughs> Yeah, I've um, already got him. <laughs> like, my league yeah. was like, Are you kidding me? Um, so, but you know, you know, you mentioned Jeff Wilson, and like, you know, he he's shown flashes in the past, but last year, like, when given the chance, he didn't really shine. Um, and I know there's a lot of talk like, oh, you know, he's been running with a ones, two, and blah, blah, blah. Like, that's just what Shanahan does. But I've also heard things where Mitchell's getting, like, the predominant share of the run with the ones right now. And yeah, he's to me, like, to that's me. the first right. time we've really – I feel like we've really heard that in a long time out of San Fran camp. Yeah, he, um, he seems to be so, the default to me. So, I'm, I'm, you know, again, if you're into the cheaper pieces – all those pieces seem to be viable, yes. all of them not named Trey Sermon. And I say this like there's the third time, almost ensuring that Trey Sermon turns into that guy. And, uh, and honestly, it's it sorry. Give, give it a shade ahead yes. thing. Yes. yes. <laughs> that is totally right. Yeah. I mean, to me, though, like Mitchell's, I probably won't have a lot of Mitchell shares only because 
I'm probably going to have at least one, if not both, my running backs before it gets to a Mitchell range so, for me. So that's a, the thing but this that's, year. But that's just kind of how the draft falls. Right. The, so a good strategy from or has been for me this year is going you know early running back and then three or four rounds of wide receiver or throwing a tight right. end. Then you come back in the fifth round and there's guys like Mitchell sitting there waiting yeah. for you. I mean, I think that's a that's a pretty viable way to roll too, and just got to add, add at some that point, yeah, yeah, I would love that, but I feel like he won't be in some of my drafts. But, um, all right. So over here to the Rams, or where are we at? Yeah, the Rams, yep. right? So we we've got Cam Akers. Um, you know, <laughs> defied all logic when it comes to medical things right and you know came back at the end of the season last year after the Achilles injury um I've torn my Achilles no way would I be going on a football field at that point but whatever um you know he, he came back wasn't very valuable to fantasy managers unfortunately but look he came back that's great to see his stock is now you know fairly high considering he came back um are we expecting just a great season out of this guy now that you know he's been on the field he survived the postseason he's been going through the offseason or are you still hesitant to draft him uh, i've been a little hesitant the price has fallen from like early adp like early in the best balls in march and whatnot i mean he was kind of like going in the top 10 mm-hmm. um which was way rich i mean i think it's more reasonable now i don't think it's entirely reasonable um, it's RB seventeen look, right now. It looks like I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged by you know that, that's not like a, you know totally exorbitant. I, I'm totally encouraged by the by the volume he got coming back. Yes. Less impressed with what he did with the volume, but that they gave it to him is you know and expecting him to be better another half year removed from that injury. Uh, if he gets that same volume, then we have this week Sean McVay and Cohen, the offensive coordinator, saying we have two starting running backs. Daryl Henderson is going to be really good. And I can think back when they drafted Henderson. Uh, my buddy Doug Farrar at USA Today wrote a nice piece, you know, really digging deep into how McVay hoped to use and how Henderson fit in this offense is kind of a, a little bit of a chess piece. So when I hear that, you know, the code language, we have two starters, it's, it's a little worrisome. Look, I don't think, you know, you look at the range of guys going right then. I mean, there's some that I like a little more that are going shortly after him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but you know, I do think he'll be the workhorse. I just, I, it's hard to enthusiastically endorse him after the comments this week. And I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I tried really hard not to read too much into that. Um, but it just seems like, you know, Henderson's there and, uh, and they seem intent on using him. I don't know. I'm a little concerned about the, you know, if, he, if, he, if, if Akers continues to get that volume that he got late last year and does a little more with it, everyone who drafts him will be quite happy. Yeah. I, I think with Acres and and I was when I was putting this um, these notes together and stuff, I was looking at obviously the Fantasy Pros site for the rankings, and just looking at uh, Andrew Erickson's write up about him too. And the one thing I didn't realize until reading this was that yeah, his when he came back, he didn't produce much, but he also went up against very tough, tough running defenses. Tampa you know, and Cincinnati was playing really well in the, yeah, by that time. Um, so, yeah, San Fran that. twice, um, Tampa. So totally true. It, it's, you know, it's something to take into account, obviously. I mean, this guy is, you know, he's listed at 5'11", 212. I'm probably right about there, um, but he's got 
almost 20 years on me and uh, probably 40% body fat less. <laughs> I was going to say so, like body fat. <laughs> I'm going to give him the edge, the slight edge here <laughs> that uh, he he's going to be able to take the pounding a little better than I could on a football field. And, and I think they're going to, I think they're going to give him his shot. Um, you know, having the off season to still go through and, and heal if he really needed to, you know, coming off a Super Bowl win. I mean, hell, it's a, it's a nice season <laughs> to, to just kind of sit back, come in and get up, beat up for a couple of games in regular season and then still get volume. So, um, Henderson, I think we know what he is, and I, I like Henderson, but I'm not jumping overboard to go out and grab him thinking, you know, something's going to come with Akers. Uh, I, I just still think he's going to be the guy. Yeah, I, I, I do have some, I do have a couple acre shares, but I, I, you know, I'm probably going to stop at this point because you know there, there is just a lot of like eh, i don't know yet we you know there's a lot of unknowns so I've, i think i've yeah. got enough i think i've got enough with him but i mean look bobby i think you know on the head man I, I totally agree with you he's going to be a league winner or is this going to be a guy you drafted in the what third round ago eh crap i'm gonna have to figure something else out you know <laughs> it's just one of those yeah. like okay and it wouldn't be the and, first time, right? Don't don't forget, everybody. You you can figure something else out. These league winners every year, a running back wins somebody a league that nobody Elijah drafted. Mitchell. <laughs> yeah. Elijah Mitchell, Rashad Penny. Uh, you know, I mean, I could go back to the '90s, and there's always there right. there's someone. So you know, like I'm not saying you can always identify them in, in advance far enough to secure their services, but they're there. Yeah. And uh, and 100%. so you know, be ready and be flexible uh, when someone isn't working out. Uh, and if you have roster room, you know, stash that guy. You never know when someone catches fire, too. So, yeah, I think with running backs, the best bet is not necessarily stashing your own handcuffs. I'm, not that I'm against that. Uh, I'm very much but for others. that. But other people's, you know, handcuffs too, 100%. because you never know. So, because nothing irritates league mates more than that. And why are oh, we yeah. playing this game? Well, and exactly. An extra uh, starting running back instead of. Just replacing one. Exactly. So, all right, moving in and uh, finishing up with Arizona here. So Chase Edmonds obviously left for the Dolphins. Um, You know, that that basically should open the door for James Conner to see the lion's share of opportunities here in this backfield. But uh, I I kind of already think I know the answer to this since you're uh, injury agnostic. But will Conner's past injury issues keep him from being quote unquote, the guy for the Cardinals this year? They may well, but they won't keep me from drafting him. I see him as a top 10 running back. So if last year you look at what he did uh, without Chase Edmonds, and I think Mike Clay put this out on ESPN, it was, uh, you know, he was right there with Jonathan Taylor during those six games where there was no Chase Edmonds. Um, Looked fine as a receiver. That offense is explosive, puts him in good position. Uh, to score touchdowns again, touchdown regression seems almost certain, but I'm okay with that. I just think, you know, for me, like early in drafts, we're drafting everybody at their ceiling, right? There's nobody in the first round. You are drafting at their ceiling. That's why they're in the first round. And so they may come up short. If it's going a little later, I mean, you're not necessarily drafting with a ceiling, obviously. I, I don't think because the ceiling last year was what? It was RB seven, eight, six, somewhere in, somewhere in that top 10. I, you know, I think that's, within the range of possible outcomes again this year. And so if I'm getting a player with that kind of uh, upside, 
uh, a little later in drafts, I'm all about that. I have I have a ton of James Conner. And no, the injuries, you know, look, I, I mean, the injuries, his injury history has not been like that brutal. It's been some nicks and bruises, uh, nothing too serious, nothing that would keep me from, you know, that would lead me to be concerned. As, as I said earlier, you know, chronically injured and chronic injuries are two different things. Uh, yeah. And I'm willing to think someone can get past being chronically injured if they're, you know, with a little good luck. Who was like, who, who, when you watch Saquon Barkley get hurt last year, when he stepped on somebody's foot, what could be more random, right? It, it can happen to anybody at any time. And so maybe it seems like it happens more to guys that, you know, that we're counting on. Well, maybe it does because they're getting more turns uh, and those opportunities arise. There's more opportunities to have Great something point. go awry. So, you know, and, and for a running back like these top guys who don't have a, a you know, a shared workload, you know, it's like 25 car collisions a week. So, yeah, there is that potential is always there. But you, again, running away from it, I don't think I, I don't think it helps you. And I think you need to be able to be ready to make moves, the necessary moves and ride the hot hand while you can. I think he's a great pick at his current ADP. Uh, can't get enough of him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, all right. Kick it I'm, into, Joe doesn't uh, agree. Joe doesn't I'll be honest, I'm, I'm sort of hesitant to draft him at his ADP. It, it, it's kind of right on – I'm right at that range. I'm not ahead of it. Um, my my thing with him is, I mean, he wasn't very efficient with his touches last season, but then he just scored tons of touchdowns. I mean, like, are we expecting 15 touchdowns again? I mean, that, I, I don't no. know. That, that's hard to predict. But 3.7 yards average per carry, that, that wasn't great. Um, he didn't catch a ton of passes. Uh, so, I mean, I get it, you know, the, the workload we're all expecting to be there. So like, that's a, that's a huge factor into it, but I, I hesitate with him a little bit. I don't, it just, he doesn't seem like the most efficient guy out there and he just relied on touchdowns last year, especially the last, what, you know, eight games of the season. It was crazy. So I that's that, where you know, I sort of hesitate. One of the things, on. one of the things that I like about him, like, with Jonathan Taylor is the carries in clubs, right? He had, I want to look at the number here, but I don't sound like a fool. Uh, 12 carries from inside the opponents, from the opponent's one yard line, more than any other player. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, he's getting great opportunities. Maybe he doesn't get that many opportunities again, right? Yeah, but but he's going to get opportunities. They're looking for him. They're looking to give him the ball in those in those kind of circumstances. I, look, I get it. People, you know, are a little nervous. I, one of the things I think we're, or I'm trying to draft always is clear pass to workload. I mean, that's the biggest predictor of success to me. And so as soon as they got rid of Chase Edmonds, I'm thinking, hmm, okay. I don't see any of these other guys cut it. Maybe Daryl Williams can. I mean, he's proven to be capable in the past. Um, but I think unless something happens, we won't see a lot of that. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm with you on the workload thing. Uh, it's, 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 it's the efficiency versus the, sure. the touchdown, you know, ceiling Dependency. that he had last year that kind of makes me go, eh, all right. And, you know, now that they added Marquise Brown, it's going to be just more passing possibly for Kyler. So, I don't know. Just It feels off. The ADP is not bad. And, again, I'm, I'm right there with, with the rankings with it. So, um, But I, I'm not going to reach for him by any means. Like if, he, if he comes to me right around where he should, then I'll probably snag him here and there. So, um, Yeah. I mean, a guy that, that's going to put up 1,000 yards uh, in 15 games last year. You know, I, you hit it on the head with that too, Bob. I mean, his injuries, they're not really massive injuries. You know, aside from 2019, when he only played 10 games, he's played at least 13 games every year. So, you know, he, he has missed some time, but it hasn't been detrimental. And 
if you're able to draft well enough and you know get some depth at the position and love maybe luck out with uh other managers handcuffs later in the you know in the draft too then i i'm fine taking him where he's at so all right moving into uh wide receiver here uh again adp is uh half ppr so we're looking at cooper cup shocking uh wide receiver one uh debo samuel also <clears throat> shocking. Wide receiver eight. DK Metcalf at eighteen. We got Hollywood Brown at twenty-three. Allen Robinson at twenty-four. D Hop is coming in right at thirty-four. Tyler Lockett forty-one. Brandon Ayuk at forty-three. Rondale Moore at fifty-seven. Van Jefferson sixty-nine. And AJ Green at eighty-five. So Looking at uh at LA first here. Let's let's hit on the Rams. With Allen Robinson pretty much taking over the, the WR two role here that was held by Robert Woods when he was healthy and then OBJ. Uh I mean, do you really expect much of a change in target shares for Cooper Cup this year? Maybe maybe a little bit, but I mean, so the thing about Cup is last year, well, let's shave off twenty percent and he's still of his production, he's still wide receiver one in all of fantasy. So there's room for some regression, and it's coming. Uh, but is it going to be huge? So we'll see. It's it's interesting. I've talked to people who cover the Rams. Jake Ellenbogen from Downtown Rams is you know out there, and I think he's you know maybe trying to be a little bold on his predictions. But he thinks he thinks Allen Robinson will outproduce at least in terms of yardage Cooper Cup. He thinks Cooper Cup will be the most productive player. But you know, so I mean, there's going to be some targets for Allen Robinson. There's no doubt about it. And, and Allen Robinson can be a very good player. Uh, you know, we've never seen him play. He's been he's been the proverbial until last year. The you know he had a quarterback proof card. I revoked it. Uh, Justin Fields did that to him. I blame him. But but he you know this is the best quarterback he's ever played with, and he's had some super productive seasons. So I'm pretty excited. I'll probably take the cheaper piece at this point. You know, uh, of those two. Um, but Cooper Cup, I mean. You know, totally defensible drafting him in the first round. Totally defensible if you think he's the best player in football to take him with the first pick overall. I've never, I've not seen that. I've seen him go second overall. Um, you know, and it's not something I would ever do. But, but you know, this is the thing about snake drafting. You get one first round pick. If you really want somebody, you're only going to have one shot to get him. And so, if you unfortunately have the second or third overall pick or something, and you think Cooper Cup's going to do some some portion of what he did last year, and you draft him, I get that. Um, I'm probably not, I'm probably looking at in other directions, maybe a little later, you know, I'm going running back that early, but, but look, I, you know, I think the, the, I don't want to overstate the case, but he is, he seems to be ideally suited to this offense. Uh, and, uh, Matthew Stafford is looking his way. And even, even if, you know, the target share comes down some fair amount, I mean, he's just like, he's such a perfect fit for this offense. So. I, I'm not against anyone drafting him wherever they have to draft him. Uh, I think that's perfectly fine. I might prefer Justin Jefferson a little bit now that the Vikings have the same damn offense and maybe every bit as good a quarterback. Um, and so, so I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm not against – we've seen this offense support two wide receiver ones essentially in the past, the Sean McVay offense. Uh, so if I thought if I feel like I can get Allen Robinson as the cheaper piece and it's a it's a it's a pretty good value for him if I think he can produce at that level I'll probably shy off Cup just so I can get more shares of Robinson cheaper. 
Yeah, I like the stack ability that you can get, especially in a you know one quarterback league with waiting and getting Stafford, waiting, building running backs first, and then you know picking up a, a Robinson uh, a little bit you know early early to mid rounds uh, just to, to fill Robinson in first. Actually, <laughs> you might. I don't know. But sometimes well, if he's going not in the first, going a little later, but. But, yeah, yeah, that's 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 how I would look at it. But I mean, I feel like Matt Stafford got on the field, threw the ball to Cooper Cup once, and was like, "Oh, this is this is going to be like me throwing to Danny Amendola. We'll see what happens." And he's like, "Yeah, no, way better." <laughs> just kept <laughs> just kept doing it. So, all yeah, right. I, think, I'm, I, I'm really I mean, I think when you're looking when you're looking at just the you know. The projected, I mean, are they going to throw the ball as much this year? I mean, I, I think they will, but I mean, it's not going to be a hundred. Yeah. It's not going to be 191 targets, but is it going to be 150 targets? Yes, and I think there's a lot of upside there for us. Yes, absolutely. I mean, this was the best statistical fantasy season from a wide receiver that we've ever seen. Once in a lifetime season, they call it. I that mean, it was reasons. it was ridiculous, and we thought that we had that with Michael Thomas two years ago. Oh wait, we did. Cup scored like 360-some points, I think, in half PPR. That's a ridiculous amount. So, Pretty monster. So, yeah. Uh, I'll say this. I'm with you, Bob. I'm all back in on Robinson. I, I thought for sure, like, after last year, I'd be like, yeah, he's not quarterback proof. Never mind. I'm out. Got <laughs> <laughs> Stafford? Hey, and McVay? I, I think I think I think that says a lot more about Matt Nagy than and than probably it does about Justin Fields it, and it, or Allen Robinson, does. but uh, also says something about Justin Fields and that offensive line and some other things. So yeah, yeah. there you have it. You do kind of worry though that like maybe he's just sort of like all right, I got my money. He did that point, like, right? You know, like I don't know, like you do worry about that. Like maybe that's what we got with like uh, Galladay. You know, he he had his season and then he got his money and then he's just kind of like wait. The rebound's coming, everybody. I yeah. swear. It, did you see that? Did, did you see that one clip? Danny Times and Galladay like, are gonna shock they, the world this year. They rolled back at suck a play, it, and uh, threw the Hashtag ball. And like it, I don't know if it was the quarterback missed or Galladay just decided not to go run the the whole route. It was awful. Uh, it was really bad. But uh, all right, let's move over here to Seattle and um, look. Obviously, we know Russell Wilson's gone. We've got who knows a quarterback. DK is still a top-notch player. Lockett's not, you know, no, no second, you know, he damn good himself, right? So, just what do we do with these guys though? Like, can we trust them to finish where they should be, where they're being drafted? Like, I mean, Metcalf's. I'm right now at wide receiver 18. I've seen him go much higher than that. Um, I've seen him go much later than that. Yeah, I'd be really. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think people are – like every time there's an uncertain quarterback <laughs> situation, it's we go back into caveman mode and we think there's a saber-toothed tiger outside the door. And so we just like totally freak out, right? And so, yes, it's a bad quarterback situation. Uh, I'll point out uh, uh, Dwayne McFarlane from Pro Football Focus had a great tweet, and I think this is uh, – this is kind of pertinent and i think he meant it as a dk metcalf tweet uh jason campbell with eight games brandon whedon with five games brian hoyer with three games combined for a 56 percent completion rate in 2013 for the browns but managed 4372 yards and 26 touchdowns oh and josh gordon had the magic season 
I mean, so like bad quarterback play does not totally preclude you from having decent wide receiver numbers. Even the worst NFL offenses, Giants last year notwithstanding, um, tends to be <laughs> tends to produce something, right? So I just think you know it's easy. It's easy to. <laughs> It's easy to overstate the, you know, the how horrible we just we get this piece in our mind where oh my gosh we can't possibly do that right. So I mean we've seen a hundred times like receivers come up with great seasons. Though Mike's put it in the chat, you know, Allen Robinson, Blake Bortles. That's just one of many, and it's, so you can just throw those out there all day long. I don't know if that's going to happen, but but DK Metcalf's a very good player, and if it's if it's Geno Smith. I think Michael Sean Dugar from The Athletic kind of did the math on the three games from last year. And it basically ended up being his, you know, that the three games stretch last year. Granted, one of those games was way better than the other games. But the three game average, and this is not the best way to do it, as he uh, even in notes. But but it kind of came out to his, you know, career averages. Uh, and DK Metcalf's very good. So maybe at some point we just say, okay, I'm going to draft a very good player at a reasonable price. I think, you know, Tyler Lockett, I wish we were getting this a similar discount on Metcalf that we are on Lockett because I think Lockett's already so volatile. You know, yeah. I think he's still a great best ball play, but I think in redraft I'm a little more concerned just because he is so you know so boomer bust right and uh, so week to week. It's hard. You know, you can use him, but it's hard to have him as one of your starters. Also, you're not paying for him like he's one of your starters right now. So, you know, there's that as well. Yeah, he, yeah, I mean, he's outside wide receiver three range, so <laughs> definitely not starting him. Yeah, I, yeah I, I don't know. My my thing I'm with off DK with this Metcalf, year personally, but my thing with Metcalf is like, I mean, like you saw him with Gino, and like you said, like he had he had some decent games. Actually, some of his better games, but they were super yeah. touchdown dependent, right? He caught like three or four passes in each game. It felt like, and it was just like he would just take one to the house. And I mean, maybe he'll just do that every game. <laughs> That'd be awesome. But like that's that's hard to rely on, at least with like you know, at least with Russ there, or at least a better quarterback you had a better consistency feel with him that's what i feel like dk like the overall points might be there because he's gonna get a bunch of touchdowns because he's just that good of a player but as far as consistency and like when you know to be able to start him i'm not sure we're gonna get that this year it feels like an amari cooper type player right it's like who the hell knows what we're getting from week to week these guys tend to turn into you know 10 foot pole players that nobody will touch even with yours joe so um so i I mean at some point you Got to, you know, you've got to say, but there's some value to be had here when when a player drops enough. I, I don't think Metcalf's in that. I think Cooper is probably in that category uh, where yeah, he's. No, I so finally far. bit the bullet on Amari Cooper for the first I, I time still, in like six years. It's still hard for me. I have a hell of a time, you know, pulling trigger. I don't have many shares. But, Shame on both of you. Uh, but but he's <laughs> a very good you. player, right? He's a very good player, and I feel like at some point we just like totally yeah. overreact to. You know, to the to the other side of that equation, we forget. Wow, this guy can play, and even the worst quarterbacks in the well, not all of them, but even some of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL are still capable of getting the ball to a good receiver. He fell to wide receiver. What would, what did I say? It was like 32, 33, 33, 33 yeah. in Warrior Bowl, and I thought it was like, uh, yeah, I was finally fine, just like, all right, click. fine, just take like, him. Jeez, guys, even I better know use that's him. A <laughs> <laughs> like if Metcalf were to fall into like the early twenties. For wide receiver range, I'd probably snag him. Where he's going right now, I think I'd rather have other guys. I just the consistency isn't going to be there because the quarterback play won't be in. Yeah, not, I'm, I'm not going to yeah. argue that point, but I, so, you know, I do think that that we get we 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 take these things like sometimes and look at them 
uh, and overstate in our mind, kind of overblow the situation. In our mind. I, 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 I do wish he was cheaper, and I don't have a lot of shares, so there's yeah, that. I want this year, so all right, AJ, move on. All right, so next we got uh, Arizona here again. Uh, so Marquise Brown appears to be the de facto wide receiver one with uh, DeAndre Hopkins suspended for the first six games. Uh, but knowing that Brown's been more of a boomer bust receiver in his career in Baltimore, are, are you really paying up that much to get him at his current ADP? I'll take some shots. I mean, so I mean, how, well, why did he want out of Baltimore? Because you know the scheme wasn't, wasn't the exactly friendly. But and yeah. like we seen him like last year that Detroit game where you know he could have had just a, a huge game. <clears throat> maybe in this offense in Arizona, he'll be capable of having more of those games. Maybe he'll catch all those passes if he drops them in that game. Um, but there's a reason he wanted to go. He has some chemistry with Kyler Murray already built in. It was pretty productive at Oklahoma when they played together for that year. So, I mean, I think there's some things to like here. Uh, I do think that maybe all involved would be better off when Hopkins is back to have Marquise Brown. Cause you look back to even Houston, you know, when the, Hopkins has always been at his best when he has a, like a super speedy guy working opposite him. Uh, and I think that'll be helpful when he gets back. Um, but also, you know, on the, you know, if you're looking at the possible outcomes here is maybe DeAndre Hopkins, he's really expensive going forward. Maybe there's an effort to, you know, if he's not quite up to where he was in last year, you know, we saw the target share come down noticeably um, for him, <clears throat> you know, granted he was hurt and also he got hurt, but, um, but I mean, I, there, there's a world where Marquise Brown could remain the wide receiver one, you know, overall in this offense if he establishes himself. I, mean, I don't think that's the most likely outcome. I do think that, you know, clearly looking at Hopkins ADP, the world does not think that, right? I mean, they're drafting him. I think it's a pretty reasonable price for expecting him to come back as DeAndre Hopkins after six games, and maybe he will. And maybe, uh, you know, Kyler Murray will look his way more. But I think with Murray there, it's going to be a capping, at least a, a limiting factor uh, Brown will be a limiting factor on Hopkins uh, at the very least. Yeah, I, I think with uh, you know w- with these two receivers, right? We, we've got you know Brown. Obviously, I, I think he's talented. We saw him, you know, really kind of shine last season, um, and and really kind of take a step forward and, and prove that he can can get it done even in a low passing volume offense, right? Um, it's, but, you know, as you said, like he wanted out because he wanted to go to a higher passing. Bo- Did he go to a higher passing volume offense? I don't know. Like it's it's tough because Murray likes to run. They still got Connor. They got Edmonds. Like who knows? Like it's, I'm not really sure. He maybe a slight bump, um, in passing volume, but uh, now he's got a little bit more competition. So especially when Hopkins, you know, only when Hopkins comes back, really. Um, I don't. I mean, I think the the price is fair. Uh, to me, it it might be slightly inflated, only because we know Hop is out six games, uh, so we know we get Brown for you know at least six games where he's by himself, only with like Ertz and and guys like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like I, I would say though that you know, like expecting like a hundred fewer passes in Baltimore than Arizona is not like totally, totally out of line. Like, okay. So maybe I'm, 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 I'm getting over, over here, maybe, but 50, 75. I mean, I think that's a, 
I think they're going to throw the ball a lot more than Baltimore has. They do, but I mean, like, you know, not all of those are going to go to him. I mean, especially no. when Hopkins is there. So, uh, you know, he might see, what, like two, three more a game, two, three more targets a game. Is that enough to, like, boost him up into, you know, super consistent, you know, low end or high no, end? No, probably a better best ball. It's, it's probably a better like best that. ball play, right? But, I mean, 91 catches last year on 145 targets, that was pretty good production. Yeah, no, no. Best ball, well, I, I love him for best ball. Uh, redraft, he, he's just another one of those players where you're like, man, you just especially when D-Hop is around, like you're not really sure. Those first six weeks are getting money, though. <laughs> I guarantee that. Um, but, yeah, he he's talented for sure. It's just going to be the consistency for me with him. And, and so there's some, some guys going around him that I feel like could be a little bit more consistent. But let's finish off the wide receivers here with San Fran. And, of course, Debo, the wide receiver – running back, dual threat player, uh, was phenomenal. I mean, the first part of the season, he was like the best receiver in the game. And then the last part of the season, he was like one of the best running backs in the game. It was totally crazy. Um, ended up finishing his wide receiver two last year. Um, I mean, what's, what's his floor this year for you? And, you know, where are you comfortable drafting him? Um, I don't have a lot of shares. Maybe some of it was a little bit of it was the uncertainty. Like, I never thought, didn't think he was going to play. But, you know, you've got to change quarterbacks. What, what you said, though, is over the course of the offseason is kind of where I wound up at. Like, he was phenomenal when he was just catching the ball. He was phenomenal when he was running the ball. He caught the ball less, but the, the production was still there. And I don't really care mm-hmm. whether he was catching or running. Um, all his incentives are tied to running. So, uh, you know, so maybe, so we'll see how it plays out with, with Trey Lance, a quarterback. I do think, you know, Brandon Ayuk is a pretty good fit. We saw it in the games where uh, Lance started last year, and he's a great deep threat. I think he's a guy that maybe I'll have more investment in, given the price, uh, than Debo. And there are some receivers I like at the, at the high end better than Debo. Um, but, like, I'm not talking anybody out of drafting Debo Samuel. That's, that would be a fool, Sarah. I think we're getting. I mean, we're not going to get what we got last season. I think we might have seen a career year. Uh, yes, I'm, but yeah. He is still a phenomenal player, right? So. And we're still drafting Cooper Cup, and we're not getting what we got out of him last season right. either. So same thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I'm going to settle for 312 points on a cup sure. instead of 360. Fine, all right. <laughs> um, but I mean, Debo was right there. I think he he cracked 300 last year. 300.5 yep. and half. Yep, there you go. That's what I just said. He cracked 300. So. Um, I, I think that he, a lot of this whole off season that he went through was because he was upset with how he was being used and you like, know, he, he was the one who asked for it. He was the one who I, asked I for know. the ball. It's, Why would he be upset with it? Give me the ball. And it's like, all right, fine. We'll do it this way. I don't want it that way. I mean, which, which boy band group song is that? I don't even know if it's 98 <laughs> degrees backstreet boys or in sync or. Four town, but it's like oh, four town. I haven't even heard of that one. <laughs> it's it's from a Disney movie that my kids I watch. Know. So, and there's <laughs> five of them, so I don't understand the reference of four town. But anyway, um, the, I digress. Uh, the red, yeah, panda movie. Yep, yeah. yep. That would be the one. We've got so, kids still. We got young kids still, Bob. So we know all these things. So, <laughs> Debo. I, I mean, I I love his upside. I I just think he's a phenomenal talent and and I wouldn't be surprised to see him put up close to 300 again this year, even without as much running. I think that he can do it. And 
we'll see what happens with. Uh, we we saw uh, that he with, could do uh, it, right? And I mean, yeah. I think that's the uh, you know that's the variable that we you haven't calculated in the equation because we just don't know what it is with Lance, right? So maybe it opens things up even more. Maybe the running back role becomes more robust even because they're doing <clears throat> more trick creation, more RPOs, things like that that maybe make yeah. it even easier for him to produce at that level. I mean. Yeah, I like again. I'm not going to be in the business of telling people not to draft Debo Samuel this year. That would not be even if I don't get a lot of them because I'm drafting other players. What he's going? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm trying to look real quick. Like, uh, you know, the, the one of the weeks he played with the weeks he played with Lance. Um, he had a big play in one of those. I know. Yeah, so he caught three for nine targets, 58 yards, uh, no touchdowns, but ran. For a 13-yard touchdown. And then, um, I don't know why. Oh, here, week four, eight for 13. Tar- targets, 13, eight receptions, 156 yards, two touchdowns. Right, that's also horrible, ran. Guys. No, yeah, he ran for one yard, but no touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, and then week 17 Garbage. was also good. You know, six targets, three catches, 63 yards, a touchdown. But ran the ball seven times. Granted for only 19 yards, but, you know. You'll take it like that. that that's those are really good games. You know, you yeah. got a thirty-one, a fourteen, and a fifteen in almost sixteen out of, in a half PPR game in a league. You, you'll take that. Like with and and you expect Lance to be better this year, right? So you expect those numbers to be better. So I I like it. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm in. I think so. it's good. So all right, let's, all right, let's jump into tight ends. Tight ends here. Yes, we will. We'll go ahead and start off with TE4, Mr. Kittle. We've got Zach Ertz at TE10. We've got Noah Fant at 18, and Higby right behind him at 19. So basically keeping on trend with uh, with my last question above with Arizona, you know, Zach Ertz is obviously going to be another person to benefit from the, the Hopkins suspension. Are you looking at Ertz as a possible tight end one for the 2022 season? So um, much. So much. Basically, <laughs> I mean, they've got they've got Dallas Goddard 2.0 there and Trey McBride. I mean, he's hopefully going to command some targets, but be fantastic next year. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think it's just, he's going to look and be like, bingo. <sighs> I, I, think, I think we I think we can get one more. Just uh, the way Ertz came in and established immediate chemistry with Kyler Murray became mm-hmm. a go-to threat. Uh, you, as you yeah. mentioned, we highlighted this. DeAndre Hopkins will not be around for some period of time, like six whole games. That would yeah. be helpful. Look, you know, Ertz is getting a little older, but the productivity last year was super high end. The role is going to, I think, remain robust enough for me and more, most importantly the price is right so once i miss out on that top four or five that we all kind of like that upper tier however you view it uh, you know you could go with Hawkinson. a lot of people like Schultz. i'll just wait a little later and get zach Ertz for me i mean i'm i'm perfectly satisfied with that uh yeah. landing him and the the range he's going in has been perfect for me so uh, i'm looking for tight ends at that point and and so like there's another option which is just totally punt and i'm fine with that as well there are plenty yeah. of guys i'm willing to you know plant my flag on and and have a go at it and and when they don't work out i'll continue streaming them like we all do i'll just remind everyone that you know for all our talk every year that 
Oh, he just screams tight ends. Well, finding that guy. You're not the only one out there screaming tight ends. Yeah. And finding the guy that's going to have Probably that week. 10 other teams. Right, it. right. So, <laughs> so, so remember that. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, no, Ertz is definitely a target of mine if you miss on the, uh, you know, you miss on the, yep. the, the top three, four, five, right? Um, the thing, you know, once you once you get past that range, it's hard to find guys who can be reliable. You know, they're all kind of touchdown dependent. Ertz isn't one of those guys. Like he can actually produce because he gets volume. Yeah, like he's one. Of, he just happens to not get the touchdowns, which is weird. So maybe he falls into a few extra touchdowns. You could seem to be a tight end five this year if he gets a few more touchdowns because the target share, especially when he fell back into when he got to Arizona last year, was phenomenal. So or I, I love Ertz uh, th- this year as a, you know, kind of back-end tight end one who could be a surprise top five tight end easily. I agree. Um, yeah. So uh, going over here to San Fran and, and you know, the, the, the talk of the town for, for this division as far as tight ends, and this is George Kittle. Guy's a beast uh, when he is on the field. Um, you know, he, he just – dominates when he's there, but injuries have kept him off the field a, a, a bit too much. And so, you know, he's still going tight end four. Um, I mean, are you comfortable drafting him around there, you know, and, and agreeing with a lot of people who are ranking him around that? Or are you just, you're out, you're going to let somebody else have him be the problem? Be I'm the five. I'm fine with him. If you, if you're drafting tight ends when you're drafting that range, I mean, I tend to not be, I, I've kind of, you know, intentionally grabbed some shares the last couple of weeks just because I want to. His problem is obvious. He's too good. He blocks too good. He mm-hmm. plays too good. Uh, you know, so, but also he's too good in terms of yards after the catch that, that I want to, I want a little exposure to that portion mm-hmm. of it. Uh, so, uh, you know, I get if people aren't in on him, I think, you know, the, you know, the top two for me are obvious Kelsey and Andrews, like Kyle Pitts. We're taking some chance with Kyle Pitts, right? The, that offense is yeah, not going to be fantastic. We, you know, I'm sure Marcus Mariota will fare quite well. Um, so, uh, so look, Kyle hey, Pitts. Walker was solid. Right. Kyle, <laughs> Kyle, Pitts, Kyle Pitts is the guy that, you know, had he had five touchdowns last year, we'd be having an entirely different conversation about him. And so I'm not against him. That's why I do have him at three. I have Waller at four. We all know the drawback there with the arrival of Devontae Adams is going to, you know, be a cap for everyone or not. Uh, we'll see, you know, maybe opens things up for other people. Uh, but in Kittle's case, maybe this offense opens things up a little more for him uh, with Trey Lance. Maybe just the offense in general, he gets to do a little more. So I- I'm fine drafting him there. Like I said, I haven't made, been making a point of it. I usually wait till later if I miss out on that top tier for me through Waller. Um, but sometimes I'll I'll grab a piece of that, and just because he is so phenomenal with the ball in his hands, uh, once he has it, and I mean he, you know, we've seen it, we've seen what he's what he can do with the ball in his hands. So having some exposure doesn't bother me. It's just not somebody I'm like out there targeting aggressively every every draft. Agreed. Yeah, I think uh, I I do have an interest in Kittle and trying to go after him this year. I just. I don't know if I'll get the chance to. Um, again, he's burned me in the past, so yeah, okay. But, I have a dynasty, so I'm kind of stuck with him. <laughs> well, yeah, then then that would be it. That would that would make you do it. Um, I do think that he's he's awesome though. Once you get the ball in his hands, but is that a product of him? 
and he's that good, he's that dominant when he can get into open space, or is it Jimmy G? <laughs> Just being mm, bold. You know, I don't care what he's a product of. I mean, you know, eyeball test wise, yeah. you know, and maybe it is. Maybe Jimmy G is, you know, the 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 arm isn't quite, you know, getting the ball down the field. And we did see last, you know, I mentioned it with Ayuk is, you know, you look at the games he played, the games, the numbers he posted in the games that last played, or maybe they'll be looking to go deeper and then it'll be a limiting factor. Uh, maybe that's why I'm not, you know, aggressively targeting him. But I do, again, I just want some exposure to a player with that much talent and that much ability with the ball in his hands. I want okay. a little bit of that. If I was out there drafting in one draft, I probably would not have George Kittle on that team. Agreed. Yeah. So, all right, finish things off here, AJ, and then, uh, all right, we shall do that. Um, a little bit of rapid fire because the last two are just kind of the last two. Who finishes as the higher scoring tight end in 2022? Fant or Higby? Uh, Will Disley. No. Um, <laughs> uh, fire <laughs> the dismissal. That is good. I love uh, me some Disley. <laughs> Because um, he dissed me so many times. If, if you want, you know, if you made me pick one, it's going to be fan. But I, you know, I like zero confidence. The Rams have, you know, maybe both teams have multiple tight ends that could like kind of be limiting factors. You know, I joke about Disley, but I mean, he is a pretty good red zone weapon. But you know, the quarterback play there is a concern, less so uh, for uh, Higby. But you know, there are some other pieces there that kind of emerged when he got hurt last year. So we haven't seen that late season Tyler Higby from a years back where he was just like unstoppable and i suspect there's a reason for it maybe whether opponents figured it out or or maybe the change of quarterback was an issue i don't know but i don't have a great deal of confidence I'll, since you want me to pick one i'll pick fans yeah i uh i fell into that trap last year i was like how does it take me <clears throat> if you're making me pick between those two i want it to be gerald everett all right so i yeah, forgot exactly. to put this question up when we were talking about kittle and i apologize scampers so is Kittle the running back? <laughs> he asked this during the the art running back question, but I thought it'd be funny to rehash it. Uh, Maybe so. Yeah, we don't know. It's Shanahan. It, I mean, he hey, he'll truck some people. Like I said, sure. he's talented when he's in open space. So <laughs> give the man the ball. Uh, Donald Parm is the answer. Yeah, <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> I love it. All right, so. Uh, Bob, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, before we close things out, though, we, we want to like, do our division standings predictions. So I'll let you go first. How do you see this division playing out? Uh, Rams, Cardinals, Niners, Seattle. Yeah. And you could interchange Arizona and San Francisco. Yeah. I was just going to say, those two are flip flops. Let me be different. No, never mind. I, you know, and every time I think I wanted you to style back on the Rams to be fashionable, Aaron Donald says, "Don't you dare!" Yeah, he just, he just, you know, choke some people on, on, you know, you saw that, you saw that camp thing where it was like the weird, like, what the hell was yeah. that move? Like, God what? energy. That Here, was weird. Here's my training camp <laughs> prediction. It feels there's bad buried, for the other there, dude. There's man. bodies like, buried under that field. <laughs> Thanks so to Aaron strange. Donald. All right, Bob. Uh, want to thank you for coming on again. We appreciate you coming every single time, man. It's a great conversation and uh, fun to talk to. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you and um, what you got going on, man. 
Uh, appreciate the invites always. You can find me next weekend at uh, Canton, Ohio at the mm -hmm. at oh, yeah. Expo, uh, with my friend Bob Long doing the King's Classic, all that stuff, broadcasting on the series. You can listen to me uh, five nights a week, Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern time on the Football Diehards on Series X and Fantasy Sports Radio. You can also uh, go to footballdiehards.com and find all the rest of my stuff right there or go on Twitter at Football Diehard and say hi. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we will be there joining you, watching a little bit of that draft. Won't be on Sirius yeah. XM, but we'll be there. <laughs> no, walk by it a fortuitous time, who knows? <laughs> All right, good stuff, man. Um, thank you for coming on again, and uh, we will see you on Saturday, I suppose. Maybe Friday night. Maybe we can maybe find Friday each other. Night. There's going to be a lot of people there. So a lot maybe. of people. <laughs> so, All right, man. Have a good night. We will Take talk care. to you later. All right. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. All right, AJ. Um, yeah, so we are going again on Wednesday night. We're going to be doing a mock draft uh, on Fantasy Pros. We're going to be going head-to-head, -head, see who drafts better. Fantasy Pros will tell us. Clearly, it's obvious. <laughs> yeah. I always me. look better. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll be doing that, just having some fun. And uh, not doing it on Thursday because – I need your ass to actually get in the car Friday morning to get here, not three hours late. Uh, anyway, that didn't work last year. I'm going to try uh, to get this the, year. You're the one with stuff going on Friday morning. I mean, I can get up like it's a regular day of work and drive down that way and that be ready to go. I'm but... on the road already. Uh, no, no excuses. No excuses. Play the I'm going to text you. I'm going to be like, I'm already on the road, and I'm going to stop 17 times. <laughs> um, just to annoy you, and then be oh like, oh, "I'm just getting off 70 at the uh, the exit for the parking ride." You beat me there. I will buy you the first three beers. You heard it here. Done and I'll done. Do done and done. Sorry, I, Jody. She didn't care. <laughs> all right. Um, that being said, we will see you all Wednesday night. Thank you again, Bob, and uh, hit that subscribe button. Like button, whatever, and uh, make sure you subscribe to our uh, website and also Discord. Big news that has not been announced yet on the show: Fantasy one. Six Pack has a store. Yeah, online I store. I kind of forgot to mention that. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that, and I'm glad that I remembered at the end of the show. Um, but yeah, listening except for the oh, actually, aren't yeah, yeah, fantasy six pack.net slash store. There you go. So, original. I'll put it on the website eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I've been back for a day and a half. Leave me alone. <laughs> Trying to play back to school stuff. All right, we got to bounce. See y'all later. We'll see you in a few days. Peace. <laughs>